Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Benjamin back at you again. I just want to come in and tell you guys that this is part two of a two-part conversation between Takia and her mother. So if you're noticing that this podcast seems as though it starts in the middle of that conversation, that's because this is indeed the second part. And if you missed the first part, you're going to have no context to what this conversation is about. So I want to remind the people who missed last week's episode to go back and listen to that episode first so you can fully understand the conversation that's being had here. And without further ado, so you don't have to hear my voice anymore, let's get into part two of that conversation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think I got an idea. But no, serious. No, I'm talking about both. Both. Like, okay. I'm, I can, and and I think here's the thing. I think as a as as a child, I I went off to college and got knowledge in the two areas that black families hate talking about: What's religion mm-hmm. and mental health. Okay. Because a lot, like when I went and got my degree in religion and then started really looking at some stuff, I'm like, okay, some of this stuff is bogus. Now, my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus, because some people will be like, oh, she's just into God now. No, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is solid. Mm-hmm. Like, I have never been more sure of my salvation because I understand that my salvation simply comes from the fact that God sent his son here to die and then be risen on the third day. And in exchange, when he left and went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit that empowers me to be able to do every good thing I've ever done. It wasn't me. It was him. Me on my own, I'm dusty, dirty. Like, this dude that I don't like, um, but he's a Christian, he just came out with a song called Monster. He was like, I'm a monster. Like, without God, like Mm -hmm. my flesh. That's all of us. Yeah. So, So for me, I understand that Every little good thing I've ever done, it comes from God. Mm-hmm. And every good thing I'm going to do comes from God. The Bible also says that my righteousness is as filthy rags. So even when I get it wrong, number one, that takes the pressure off a little bit not to go and do the wrong thing. Because Paul says, now that I have this grace, should I go and sin more? Not my MO. Not at all. But a lot of this stuff, if we start getting to heart and root you'll start to see a lot of change in your finances and how you feel and oh, how yeah. you, in your relationships. I totally agree. And so for me, there was like a huge break with a lot of stuff. And it's hard to come back to your family that's like, we love God and we don't say things like this and we read the King James Version and we blah, blah, blah. I remember one time, now I was just playing when I was in college, I was at my grandma's house and I was telling them that the rapture was never going to happen. Like it wasn't real. And my grandma was like two seconds from putting me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, I, and I gave her scripture to support those things. You now, still feel now, that way? Huh? You still feel that no, way? No, no, no. Because me and my grandma talk now. Like mm. me and my grandma had, and I was going to get to that. Like, here's the thing. Just when you, I am like my mom in that I'm determined. And so, I mean, did it, did it shake me a little bit when it felt like there was like some friction that I didn't know I didn't know how it was going to be repaired as as far as some of the beliefs I've had. Yeah, but now I just had like a long conversation with one of my aunts and it was beautiful just to have community with people that believe in the same God that you believe in 
some of this stuff, most of the stuff, and I tell my mom this all the time after we have an intense fellowship, mm-hmm. that this stuff is not even heaven or hell issues. This is just day-to-day life. Like, people get so mad over something that is not going to keep you out of heaven. It's not. Well, I don't think we differ in that. No. It, we don't bit, differ in bit. that, um, I feel. I think... Um, our differences lie in faith. What do you mean um, faith? Our faith, our faith levels are different. What does that mean? I don't think, I don't want to use, no, 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 no. <laughs> Just like the medicine is a prime example. Okay. That doesn't mean your faith is bad. You just have a different meaning of faith. It's I low. don't know if I'm. It's low. Uh. What you mean? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because if you feel like that's what you need to survive, I'm not you. Okay. So as before, I was like, you don't need that. But if that's what you feel like you need now, then by all means, take that (laughs) dang whole butyrol. (laughs) But I'm not, and I'm not saying you're wrong for taking it. We're just different. I'm not, I'm not going to take it unless I really feel like I have asthma. That's just me. But you can't knock me for not going to the doctor. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Until you feel like, and that is where our community is bad. No, I know my body. I know my body. And so I begin to examine my body in what would make me, because I was having breathing trouble for a little while. I began to, first of all, I did research and I noticed the effects of acid reflux. And I even had to change my wording because I would, sometimes I would be like, my acid reflux. And I had to like, no, acid reflux, whatever. (laughs) And so so I had to change my wording and I did some research and then I tested my body. And I noticed how when I would eat more or get eat and I would overeat, put it like Mm -hmm. that. Um, it did affect how I was breathing. And so I did this over a course of, you know, several weeks. And I noticed how when I wouldn't eat to get full or I would exercise after I eat, meaning walk, mm-hmm. my breathing wasn't as heavy. And even I noticed how when um, I would eat and then try to go to rehearsal or sing, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't hold notes. And so I started looking at my body and I'm like, wait a minute, this this is acid reflux. And not to mention the doctor, the specialist telling me, oh, well, you did better because they get, gave me a um, I forgot what it was called, some kind of test to see if um, it was something wrong with my lungs. So if you're telling me there's nothing wrong with my lungs and you put me in this booth and I breathe better with the exercise before (laughs) you gave me the steroids, why would I go back and let you test me for asthma and you're telling me my lungs are fine? That's just me. And so, no, I'm not going back for no asthma test unless I see what I'm doing on my end is not working and I can't breathe. So, (laughs) well, let me not say I can't breathe. breathe. No, if you're telling me my lungs are fine, let's just be clear. Albuterol is to clear your lungs, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I got. Here's the thing. I don't have mm. asthma. I just got mucus in there right now. That's that's mm. why I got it. <clears throat> you don't need a pump for that. 
You don't. I, I mean, I guess for me, if she feels like she so needs how to you pump, get the mucus out your lungs. Do some research. Ginger will help. Um, that's one turmeric or turmeric as people take? drink you some tea. It's some other stuff. To me, I'm gonna go Google it and research it and try something natural. She's gonna go it's, to Google, guys. No, I'm gonna do some there research because I've here. I've done research on ginger and turmeric and other things that help. It's health. Now it, I at give the end of the day it goes back to to health. So you took advantage. You finally, well, not finally, but you just took the reins on your health. I did because I know my body. Now my son. Now don't get me wrong, because my sons, they have been diagnosed with asthma. Now I'm not gonna say, to oh, them. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but wait a minute, I have seen them out of breath, both of them. Yeah, and now I'm 28, and so you don't see me. Enough to know if I'm out of breath now. But if you want the pump, take it. I'm not taking it <laughs> unless I I feel like I need to, and that's that's my right. Well, no, no, but that's good though. And I, I like how you said that the doctor diagnosed you with something. You're not, so you're not one of those Christians that are just like I'm not accepting that, but not doing anything to change it. That so that's either way. All of this conversation has been about is health. Mm-hmm. And how people generationally can disagree on what health looks like or what the journey to getting healthy looks like. Mm -hmm. But you can still have good and healthy relationships even with those differences. Yeah. And I think what I've tried, what I've learned with my mom and especially now having my daughter is that is it a task to generationally stay together when we have all these different methods and all of these different things that we use to help ourselves. Yeah. I think it is because I think that maturity is we can agree to disagree. Oh yeah. Um, I don't have to be mad at you um, or anyone. And it's also, okay, we believe different. I'm not going to hold a grudge against you because you believe a certain way. And forgiveness definitely comes into play because none of us are perfect. And we all have made mistakes, but it's hard to kind of function in a family when they remember with what you did when you were 12 and 15 and be like, I know you. No, you don't, because I'm always evolving. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the, the 12 and 15 year old Yana would would fight. Uh, I don't do that now. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so it's hard to, you know, and that's maturity to me. Um, and you have to let things go because we all we all make and have made mistakes. And I think sometimes it's, uh, that can be generational as well. Oh yeah. Not d- d- deciding to not forgive yeah. is definitely generational because forgiveness is something you have to teach. Right. I was doing something crazy one day and Ben was like, see, that's how, you know, like, just good and evil exists because you don't got to teach a child to be bad. <laughs> no. Like they just bad on mm-hmm. their own. Yeah. You have to teach a child to be good. And so a lot of people, even in their parenting at church and even in their marriages, somebody just hasn't taught their child to be good. And so a lot of times we spend some of our life either 
trying to teach somebody else's child how to be good or trying to teach our children how to be good as we learn how to be good as well. And so when it comes down to any of this stuff, um, it's all about health. And so one last uh, section I, I don't think we covered, marriage. Uh, Lord a, a lot Jesus. Of, well, we did. We did. We were, we were jumping in and out. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to be married. Uh, because if if we're being honest, I thought that was the only way I could ever have sex. Like, because of how biblically, yes, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But I, I, because of how it was introduced, those yeah. things just intertwined for me mm-hmm. very early, and so um, that was like okay, I want to, but not just so I can have sex. I want I want to have kids with the same person. I want to have them under one household. I want to agree on how we raise them, like all this stuff. And so a lot of people felt like me and my husband got married very early. The thing is, we had these conversations very early because if you know my husband, you know he is indeed an old man. Um, But we agreed on a lot of stuff. And he had some, he came with some fire. And I was like, you know what? I ain't even never thought of that. Like the whole not getting your... Not having our daughter's hair permed, um, her not getting her ears pierced until she chooses. Just the way he was all—he already had some of this, these plans. He already had this vision for what his family would look like. I was like, okay, we can, we can definitely do something together. And so we got married, um, and we've been married three years, and I have learned a lot. And marriage is nothing like uh, what I expected it to mm-hmm. be—not in a bad way, um, most of the time. But um, marriage, when I first, so so I said that to say, when I first got married, marriage was a gateway to sex, kids, uh, building a life together with somebody. <clears throat> now that I've been married for a little while, um, most people would still say we only been married for five minutes. Uh, I understand that marriage is one of the key ways that God is able to make you holy not happy but holy bringing you closer to him which in turn um it just helps you treat people better when you understand how to love the way god says love you gotta push towards that almost every day in marriage like marriage is one of those relationships where you will endure your greatest hurts it's 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 gonna be kind of like and and some people don't like these types of parallels. When you think about Jesus going to the cross, that's marriage. Like him dying, him sacrificing himself. That's marriage. You, I mean, you have to do that over and over and over again in marriage. And there's this beautiful thing that you get when both of y'all are doing it. And then sometimes you, you're, that's not necessarily your, everybody's story as far as both people doing it, but there are marriages where people make it work. And so I, I think we both have seen both sides. Um, for me, I have decided to, for myself and my marriage, follow the Bible. And the Bible says that I made a covenant. And so that's my reason for staying in and honoring my marriage. Because I think a lot of people think, like, you don't have to make that decision especially if you got some of the stuff is I think people misconceive a lot of things about me and Ben um, just by pictures. Those are just pictures. 
And so it is both of our decision to honor God that keeps this train going, even when we don't necessarily know how to keep it going. And so what has been, well, I guess we'll start with you. What led you to want to get married? Ooh, I wanted to get married because um, I wanted to have sex. (laughs) (laughs) But I really wanted a family. Um, I didn't have that. You know, I was raised in a single parent household. And even growing up, I attached myself to a family um, because I was like, oh, this is so nice, you know. This is, you know, really what God wanted. And even back then, I never understood why people got a divorce. Oh, I understand it now. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, man, especially I felt like when it was two people in the church, like, why are y'all getting divorced? Why can't y'all make it work? And so growing up, I would see, you know, marriages dissolve and families destroyed. You know, the child is torn between two separate households. And even in my own case, you know, um, I would go spend time with my dad and I would be with my mom and I started to run away. So then, you know, I went to live with my dad and I was like, oh, I don't like this. I'm going back home. (laughs) But just the disruption of the family, of what of the family unit. And so. I wanted to make it work with Takiya and Riante's dad, but that didn't happen. Praise Jesus. Um, no shade to him. Was that shade? Yeah. That was shade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was shade. But God does all things well, okay? But anyway, um, I got married because I wanted a family. Um, and because I really... Wanted to prove, and this is all honesty. I wanted to prove that someone wanted me, and that's real. I I was not thinking about um, God being glorified. I was not thinking about ministry at that time. I was not thinking about um, his needs. Um, and I guess um, the root of that was the part where me being accepted Mm -hmm. was comments that were made to me even as an adult about um who I was um that affected my identity and it almost made it seem like well no one would want you anyway um so those were the reasons (laughs) then why do you stay married well, no, no. How long have you been married? I've been married 15 years. Woo. It's right. And why <laughs> has your reason for staying, staying married changed through the years? Is it, is your under, has your understanding of marriage changed? Oh, yes. Because now you don't, want, you don't want to have sex if someone's mistreating you. Um, that's the last thing <laughs> on your mind. Um I do feel like marriage, I do believe now that marriage is ministry. Um, But a lot of times now I'm like, I don't want to minister to you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to, you know, um, 
I don't want to, I don't like you. Okay. <laughs> so, and then I feel convicted because how can I sing praise and worship? Mm-hmm. And then I can't, you know, minister to other people in a church and I can't minister to my own husband. And so I'm now I'm like, okay, well maybe Lord, I need to sit down (laughs) (laughs) until I get, because now I'm at the place where I want to minister to me. I want to heal me. I've been like, like I said, I've been a parent since I was 19. So it was always my kids, my kids. I did, I sacrificed for my kids. And now, even though Dwayne is not grown, I'm becoming a little bit more selfish about what I want and what I need. It's called boundaries. Um, to some degree, and I'm learning that even with my grown child that, okay, I can't help you. I can't help you, you know, um... Some I've noticed lately I have had to get to the place where I say no. And if you I guess that's boundaries. Boundaries. Um boundaries is just telling people how to treat you. That's all that is. And a lot of us grow up without those things. Like we here if if you have as as you have just expressed, people around you constantly making you feel like you don't belong, you're not special, no one will pick you. You Oh that was then That's that's the way I grew up I'm trying to get somewhere And so So if you have that What they have taught you Is to not have boundaries Because you're gonna do Any and everything To be accepted Mm -hmm. Even if that means Lashing out Running away All of that is Not having Boundaries And so When you start to love When you start to build Your family you do that without boundaries. And so you get to a place where it's like, I'm tired. And you like start taking everything back. And, and it's not necessarily bad where you are as you have gotten to that place. But basically I said that to say you're now getting to a place where you have boundaries. That's all it is. Somewhat. I think I'm learning um, that I don't have to be there for everything and everybody. Or just because they call. I'm learning. Yeah. (laughs) But still, too, like, even when you say not being there for everything, saying no, um, one of the biggest things that I learned is that that marriage has taught me is a lot of the times I don't even know what I need. When you have not necessarily, I'm not even going to say been taught to articulate because I was definitely taught to articulate what I need, what I needed, but that was just at home. Everywhere else was like a war zone. Mm-hmm. And so when I stepped, I remember um, four months into my marriage, something crazy happened. My husband said whatever he said. And I remember like looking at my rings, taking them off, and I cried like a baby. And I was like, I want my mom. Because at that, that particular time, that was the only place I knew I could be safe. And that's what we do a lot of the t- a lot of times in life is run to places where we can be safe instead of dealing with the things that we need to deal with so that our relationships and the places where we continuously have to visit or be are healthy. So in that moment, instead of me just declaring what my boundary was, now when you think about a marriage, your boundaries in marriage have already been declared. They've been declared by God. And so if someone is pushing on that boundary that God has declared 
for it not to be, then God has also given you the right to make certain decisions. Now, in my case, that that boundary was not necessarily being pushed. And so God had already made the decision for me about what I was going to do. Um, but I had to figure out a way to be healthy while getting there. And that's where I started to see a lot of my stuff um, fall off the rails because of or in marriage. Because marriage is really, really hard. And it, it usually does expose you. It usually does peel back those layers of who you really are. And the hard part is when all of this is happening, do you have a partner that's going to work to get better with you? Because both of y'all going to get exposed. But are they going to help you get better? Are, are you going to help you get better? Well, I'm going to help me get better. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Um, I didn't always feel like this. Um, at one point, I was my family, my family. I'm trying to keep everybody together. I'm like, oh, we're not going to be the ones not talking to each other. And boom, this is what I have. And that that hurts me. Um, but on the flip side of it, y'all all grown. It's nothing that I can do other than pray. That's all I know to do because I've had the conversations where this should not be. Mm -hmm. But everyone has their own life. Everyone makes their own decisions. And everyone does what they feel is best for them. So after trying for years, I think I just resolved this year. Yeah, just this year that I don't care. <laughs> and that's not, that's not, um, that's a lie because I do care. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do care. You know, I had to think about it for a minute. I care, but I can't control. Mm. I can't. Whereas before I would try to control it, I would try to fix it. And believe it or not, my trying to fix it was always made, quote unquote, like ill intent. Oof. And Oof. that's all I can say. <laughs> um, yeah, it was made. Now, Ill is that parenting that you're speaking of right now or just family? What you mean? Like ill intent. Like where did that come from? Was that parenting? Or was that just are you talking about all family, parenting, marriage, church? No, or I think are you just, talking about a specific I'm area? talking about a specific area in family. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think for me, um, going back to the no boundaries part. I was um, made to feel like if I didn't do certain things or if I didn't always say yes, mm -hmm. I was not being like Christ. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I can remember one conversation in particular. I was asked this same question all the time. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you, can you? And then I started saying no <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and and, oh, oh, gosh, I was made to feel like, well, oh, you a minister and you're telling me, no, mm -hmm. that's not Christ-like. 
no, I need you to get yourself together and I need you (laughs) to take responsibility for the choices that you made because all of that in a nutshell is character and integrity. Don't get me wrong. I am not 100% in character, but these are the things that um, I have pointed out and me saying no but even in the my family in some areas, it's like, oh, you ain't say, <laughs> you know. And so then that's where manipulation comes in mm. and control. And I got to the point where I just didn't care because I'm not going to keep doing this. And then I'm looking at other people that's doing it and they, well, that's what they feel like they need to do. But that's not my story. Yeah, I mean, I- one of the biggest things, and it's not necessarily to compare ourselves to prophets, but just the experience of Jesus is that, that a prophet is without honor in his own home. If you don't understand me saying no and you equate me saying no to me not being a real Christian, then it's clear who is not the real Christian here. It's clear who does not understand um, who Jesus is. And it's clear also who won't be join- joining me at the pearly gates <laughs> unless they get it right. Um, and I don't, I think the place that I've reached with family, um, I think I was very much like my mother in a lot of ways, bringing people together, all that. I started to see very quickly how when I had Aubrey, I'm sacrificing time with my family, gas, money, all that to be with people who don't even really want to be around each other. And I'm driving three hours, uh, to do this. And that's not just with family. That was actually just a lot of a lot of revelation for me and my husband as as far as people we chill with, people we hang out with. <clears throat> a piece of that is seeing um what's reciprocated. Um and it's not that you do things so that it can it can get done back to you, but if I'm constantly giving in a relationship, at some point, I'm gonna get tired. And so Starting to see that and just caring for my family a certain way to say, all right, cool. We won't be able to make this. We won't be able to make that. That's one clear boundary that I have. And as it relates to, um, because I think I used to be that person too, that's like covering and in, in deep prayer. And that's not to say at all that people don't deserve or warrant my prayers. Um, But I think, you get to a place where it's like, okay, what is, what has God put on my plate right now? As in what roles am I walking biblically that God says I should be a mother and a wife, a daughter, like everything else. I think I've learned to honor. That's one of the biggest things that has helped me in my relationships with family. I honor everybody. Right. But on the flip side of that, my concern is, you know, what you don't address continues. And so I work so hard to try and keep my family. And when I say my family, I mean my husband, my children and my bonus children. That's what I'm referring to, Mm -hmm. because I felt like what I don't nip in the bud or what I don't address, it just continues to another cycle. Oh, yeah. And so that's why I work so hard to try to keep us together. Um, 
But I do pray because I know prayer changes things and maybe they'll get it in this lifetime. But my concern is, will this cycle continue in my children's children and my children's children's children? Like who's going to break the nonsense? Um, Who's going to stop it? There. And I think this is where we part ways uh, a little bit religiously because I think I carry that weight too where it's like I have the power to control what this next looks like. You don't have the power, but you can make a difference. But that's what I'm saying. By what I do. And so then I get married and I had this kid and it's done the right way. And a piece of that for me was, you can't even really talk about it because every time you say it, people looking at you like, okay, and what part? Because mm. to to say like, because everybody is pushing you do this, do this the right way, do this, and then when you do it, it's like, cool, we love it. Don't bring that up again because it's it's almost it makes people in the room uncomfortable because then they got to look at some of the stuff that they might have done wrong. Does that make sense? It does, but you shouldn't let anybody make you feel guilty. That's their own issue. If they have a problem, which I've seen, you know, facial expressions, different things like that. Um, if That's their issue. And again, that's because they felt like they didn't do it the, that way. But that's a whole well, yeah, nother, I, that's a whole nother. Ooh. Well, yeah, I, said, I said that only to say that for, I think for me, as I am right now, there, I've reached a place of peace where I honor who, those who need to be honored. And so for me, that looks like my grandma. That's a big, that's a big piece for me. Uh, making sure that we contact each other at least once every two weeks. Um, I don't want to have any regrets in certain areas because I just um, I think it was I think it's been a year since I lost my granddad and that's I mean there's there's regrets there. It's two um, coming up. Two. So coming yeah, up. we oh yeah, because we're almost at two. Mm-hmm. Um, I value family time. You know why? About the COVID taught me to value my time with family because we went from like celebrating birthdays together every month to you know, just getting together here and there. And I didn't realize how much of, of, of how much a part of it, it, of my life it was until it wasn't there anymore. And so the good thing about my immediate family with my husband and my daughter is that me and my husband both see the value in it. And so we keep going because our daughter is here and we want her to see the value in it. And so this is the place where I always talk to my, I always tell my mom, and this is why I named this episode Legacy, because right before I met my husband, right before I, of course, my daughter wasn't here yet. I remember I was sitting in the Nissan car shop getting my car serviced, and I was thinking about my dad, and I was about to cry. And I just heard the Spirit of God say, would you be satisfied if all of this that you're doing is for your daughter? Like, she's going to get everything that you wanted. This is why I've put you in this position, put you on this track. Not necessarily saying that I can't change or won't change your situation with your father, but you won't even have to worry about that with your daughter. 
And so that kind of just changed my perspective. And I take so much joy in watching Aubrey because there's nothing I can do to change who my daddy is. And I try to play that role of hero savior for years. It's tiring. It's defeating. And you are not Jesus Christ. I'm not Jesus Christ. And so I put down the whole savior complex set up some boundaries, did what I needed to do to the best of my ability. Now that it ended on a very human note for me, um, which is something that if I'm being honest, my mom always asked me, um, you know, you know, I don't want you to have no regrets. Make sure you say everything you need to say. I, I don't now. Nobody knows how they're going to feel into that moment. But as of right now, if something were to happen, I don't think I would have any regrets at all because I think, even the things said in anger are things that are true. Mm-hmm. And when a parent or anybody close to you is an addict and they're not seeking help, there's only one thing you're waiting on if, if you're being honest with yourself. And so that for me was like all of that was, was learning lessons. But I get so much joy in just seeing my daughter have what I didn't. And if everything I've ever been through and, and, and am going to walk, I'm going to walk through was for her to have better, the next generation. I'm cool with it. Okay. So if it's not resolved, and even though you're teaching mm-hmm. Aubrey the right way, you don't think it will come up again? And I'm not saying it's your responsibility. Everybody has a different role. Yeah. Everybody has a different role. So the way the way I feel um, and how strongly I feel about it, m- maybe it's something to my assignment where that's not your assignment. Your assignment is different. Would I have any, will it continue? No, it ain't going to continue. Here's the thing. I think the only way it could have continued in my in my situation with my dad is if I had had a child out of my hurt um, from my dad. I'm not talking about you. Oh. I'm talking about Aubrey. What about When it? Aubrey begins to, even though she's seen the right way, oh. will, will it come back or is it just nipped in the bud because you chose Addiction? today... No, just family stuff in general. Here's the thing. You, I I feel like our relationship is a testament to that. I can't out, I can't get it out of me, the, the, the principles that you placed in me. They're not going anywhere. But I place those same principles in another child. And I think that <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bashing my child. I love him. It's just some things going on right now that are really like the opposite no, of what. He, it's the same though. Like, it's okay. Here, you didn't let I, me finish. I, the I, opposite of what I allowed him to see. Does that make sense? Or it does not make sense? No, it makes sense, but it just might not fully be. Honest. Well, no, 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 no. Okay. (laughs) We're talking about, now there's a difference between, um, because I used to fight. My kids saw me fight. I was cut. I would cut up. Um, (laughs) 
But the addiction part. And let's be clear, this is not even, are you talking about anger? Yes. Okay, anger, addiction. Okay, the we don't know streets. if it's that. We don't know if it's addiction. We don't know that. It's something going on. Oh, yeah. It is, and it's it's not Here, all it, on me. My, no, 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 that's never been. the Everything that a child, quote, unquote, walks into, it comes from their own choosing. Because here's the thing. I saw you do some stuff, and for a while, it was also stuff that I did. But mm-hmm. when I started doing my own work, it's but like, I told you don't do that. That's like no, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah, but no, I get Please it. Please don't I, do that. <laughs> and I and that's the thing where it's like, even though I had the experience and I knew better, it was just there. It was hiding. It was waiting for the right opportunity, because when you see traumatic things, it's not enough to just say I'm not going to do it. Or when yeah. you have a traumatic feeling like a, a that abandonment of a parent, it's not enough to just say, man. I ain't gonna never abandon my kids. No, you gotta deal with that. Because I think what's happening with my sibling is just, you didn't deal with it. And so when you don't deal with it, you become it. When I, and this is just, I'm gonna be completely honest. When I found out I was pregnant with Aubrey, I was so very excited. But for a while, I contemplated having her because I was so scared of her experience and the pain that I experienced. And I thought that I had just put her in the same situation that I was in. And so I wrestled with a lot of stuff that I think moms just don't ever have the freedom to discuss because we always, that I, I think your love for a child is, is, I don't know anything more powerful than that outside of God's love because you just, you want the best for them so much that I think mm-hmm. you're willing to kill yourself just to make sure that it happens. And that's not necessarily, it's not necessarily healthy and it's not healthy at all. But the difference between the sibling was not the upbringing. It's what we chose to cling to. I saw, and this is, this, this is just about, are you a well-rounded human being at the end of the day? And you can take that to mean whatever you want. A person is whole. You can't just look at one part of their life and say, I'm going to take that from you and I'm going to blame you because I do that like you did it. Well, then you also need to go to church like I did it. You also need to hit this parameter and get these degrees. Like if you're just going to take one thing and and say, well, I'm like this because, no, that's not, you're not telling, there's no way you're telling the full story. Um, we were heavy, we were raised in church. I think here's the thing, whenever it's a mom and she has a son in church, they are less likely to cling to it because they see her cling to it so much and men's minds are different. And so when they see you clinging to this thing and it's not your life is not necessarily getting any better in their eyes, they gonna grow up to hate that thing. Like it's it's gonna be like, why would I ever do that? Why would I ever like now when you got a real a well rounded child who sees the whole picture, it's like, why would I not choose that? Like even on my worst day, I'm like, where would I be without God? 
Like my mind, like for me, it just goes down to sanity now. It's not even like it used to be. He got like I got a degree. Like I, I got married. Like these were things I just never thought would happen. But now that I, you know, have struggled with depression and stuff, my sanity is one of them things where it's like, okay, I'm just grateful that this is here and this lets me know that he's real for other people is what the Bible says. They'll be back home. Yeah. And I think it's not just what, um, it's not just what went on at home, but, um, I think there were things that happened in church oh, yeah. that begin to mimic the rejection, mm-hmm. the um, broken promises, the abandonment. Yeah. Um, and I think if I'm honest, I wasn't paying attention then. I think that began to um, yeah. dwindle down the interest for wanting God and being a part of, um, well, living the life of someone who's saved or a Christian. Yeah, I, but that's church too. Here's the thing. Christianity, if you're growing up in church, Christianity is, is appealing more so to women than men because it's emotional. It's a lot of tears, especially in the black church, a lot of jumping around and, a lot of a lot of things that men don't don't necessarily gravitate towards, and so I think there is a piece of an, an extra piece of work that any parent would have to do to get their males to understand the gospel. Yeah. That's number one, especially if there's nobody at church that they particularly have clung to. They they have no reason to keep going, and I think a lot of parents wrestle with how to keep their child interested, especially after a certain age. The big thing is this, um, especially with the males, number one, that father figure being there, because my husband's story is not that he was raised like in church um, his entire life. He did go to church with his dad. Um, And church was kind of just, church is just our cultural thing. So he was asked to go visit a church just randomly, he have he didn't know anybody, nothing else to do, and so he went, and he ended up getting saved. And the only reason he kept going back um, in the beginning was to do sound. IT is something my husband does. It's something that he loves. There was something there to attract him um, and keep him going. And so I think church misses that for males a lot. Like, their their hands aren't busy. They're They're not doing anything, and so they just... It's like, okay, that's a woman thing. Yeah. I'll send her and she'll come back. And most of the time she'll come back telling him everything he not based on what they saw in church. And it becomes kind of this war zone. And I think even for my household now, it's not right, but it's the truth. Um, I don't go to church and I don't go to church because my husband doesn't. And so one of the big things for me was, in my mind, and it's not necessarily right, but in my mind, I was like, I'm never going to be that wife that's just going to church without a husband, especially when he had able body. So if you're going to sit here, I'm going to sit here, and God's going to judge you for what we don't do because you're the head of this household. What? Because <laughs> I didn't already set my boundary. My boundary is I'm not going to be a wife that's getting our daughter ready to go to church by myself 
while you sitting here asleep. No, you understand the importance and the need of God just like I do, correct? Yes, that's his response. You understand the need for church? Yes. So why don't you get up? Because I don't feel like it. Well, guess what? Our whole household, the Atkins household, doesn't feel like it. So the Atkins household oh is not my. going to church until the head of the household gets up and goes to church. Well, I have to go to church because if I don't, someone would die. Exactly. So she <laughs> has, I got my pills, I, she got church. <laughs> Everybody no, got something no. that's keeping them alive. <laughs> no, because I, I feel like, well, I have felt like church was my refuge. Um. Yeah, I'll just say it. And like, that is what I learned. It takes... I learned that too from my mom. Though. Yeah. I learned that church was a refuge. Now, I just got tired of all the broken promises. And well, so I went out and found my refuge. Your, yeah, okay. So, and I think that's where I am now because as things change and shift... um. And I actually think God is breaking that down where you can't allow this building to be a refuge. I am your refuge yeah. because I've I've been in one ministry um, that was my family. Mm -hmm. Well, in two ministries, that was my family. I put my my family outside of my kids back burner. Mm -mm, no, this is my family. Um my Saturdays were dedicated to this. Mm -hmm. My Sundays were dedicated to, to the church. Um, and that was my family. And then when all that stuff broke down, now don't get me wrong. I didn't put my family on the back burner too. Well, one time I wasn't going to anything. I wasn't, but I was also going through and no one knew, no one knew that I was separated to maybe about that third year. Uh, oh, except, yeah. yeah, nobody knew. Um, Cause I was wearing a mask, but anyway, <laughs> um, and so now my focus is not just the church and the people I want. I've always focused on my family, but now, okay, God is my refuge and I'm getting to that place where I just allow God to just be my refuge because, you know, people will, People of the church will hurt you and you will experience a lot, but I can't allow that to shake my foundation in God because they are not God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, hmm. we don't go to church, but you definitely should be in church. So um, men lead your households and lead them well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, I think, uh, as, it, as it relates to church, it can be one of those things where, especially in our community, it's, unfortunately, it's a lot of manipulation. And, and I think at this point, it's just generational manipulation because some of these pastors don't even know they be doing it. Yeah. Because when you sit them down with the word of God and show them some stuff, they be just as dumbfounded, like, wow. Yeah. I do think it's generational. I think sometimes there's there hasn't been a study of the word anti-intellectualism. Yeah, and and the Bible says we perish for lack of knowledge. You know, I think half of the stuff that we do in church 
is because of lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, when you really study, instead of repeating, um, you'll find out, okay, that wasn't necessary. Um, oh, I don't have to do that. Oh, it's, or even it's not even supposed to be like that. Yep. Um, and I've seen some of that over the years. And even, even before, you know, when I wasn't really um, studying the Word of God, I just knew, I was like, mm -mm, that ain't right. No. <laughs> no, it's not right that you stand there behind the pulpit and say you talk about me because I'm a pastor. God's going to bring things to your house when you sit around and talk about everybody, your deacon board, your trustee board, <laughs> your, your minister's panel, all these different things. I was like, no, that's not right. And God is no respecter of person. I do know that. So his rules just doesn't apply to you because you're a shepherd. Yeah. Like you trying to put curses on people. That's the word curse. <laughs> So, <laughs> so things like that, you know, but people will believe it. And one thing that bothers me, it irritates my skin when people just say, amen, amen. Nope, I'm not saying amen to that because no. When, uh, there was a post I shared on Facebook where the person said, the pastor said, y'all not saying nothing. And I said, the next time they say that, I'm going to say, you're not saying nothing. Either. You can't do that. <laughs> You can't do that, but some well, some things I just sit there and I'm like, no. I don't watch, say it out loud, but I be like, no. The sad part is I watched a service the other night, a couple nights ago, oh, with my Lord. husband. Oh, and Lord. I literally could tell you everything that was about to happen before it happened. Because church is so, it's the same. It's always the same. It's the same routine of we come in here, we cry, we cry. Because God is so good, we cry because He healed one of our family members because He healed us and oh, because they walk around cry. the church and they supposed to be healed, but then next Sunday they back in the wheelchair. Anyway, I digress. Or we cry I digress. or we shout because we had a good week. We got a raise. We hit the lottery, which we're not even supposed to be playing. Like we and you know we and you can tie off of it. No. <laughs> everybody is so excited, and then we have the offering. Everybody where, get quiet. where everybody gets quiet, nobody wants to give. The church has to motivate you to give. And then the preacher comes up and he tells you that it's going to be all right. And then you come to the altar and you cry because you know God is good and you never should have doubted him and everything is going to be all right. And you either get saved or you rededicate your life and then you go home to the same mess. And so you it's have a cycle. Learned absolutely nothing. It's a cycle. It's a piece of it mm -hmm. is, and I learned this in school, a piece of it is y'all got to think everybody always talking about generational curses, this generational curses, that y'all got to think about history. Church for African-Americans started out in slave times. It was the only place they got to be free. That's an emotional day. That's a, that's a day where I, not only is it emotional because I get to be free, but I have got to cry out to God for, with everything I got. And so it's going to be a high time. That's why our, our church experiences tend to look different than, than um, Caucasians. And it's just stuff we don't think about where literally people perish for a lack of knowledge. A lot of us are perishing 
And we mm-hmm. in church every Sunday and we still have no knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. Like none about the word of God. Here's mm-hmm. unpopular opinion. I was watching something and a dude was, he was mad because he was like, God told me my house wasn't going to get COVID. I had to plead the blood of Jesus and I still got COVID. And I was like, dang, when you plead the blood of Jesus, shouldn't you be healed? The Bible does say that by his stripes we're healed. We shouldn't, we should be able to, to decree and declare healing in any situation if by his stripes we are healed. Well, Here's the kicker when they in that when you find that in Isaiah, what he was talking about was healing from sin, not necessarily these disease and ailments that like cancer and all this stuff. That's why we call it a miracle. It doesn't happen every time. It's not a guarantee. The healing is from the ultimate death, separation from God. That's why he took those stripes. So you would never have to be separated from God because of your sin. But that's not the only scripture that talks about healing, right? What's, give me another one. Um, I believe it's in Exodus. Oh, you're going all Old Testament. Oh, God, it's you're still the all, word. Going, going, where it talks about, it Isaiah's in the Old Testament too. Yes, and okay. Isaiah... It's fulfilled. When I, when I take that from Isaiah and it says, by his stripes we're healed. So you don't believe that if God says, for I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And I believe, I am not mm-hmm. very good with memory. I believe at that time there were a lot of plagues mm-hmm. going on. Yes. Um, Cause he was was gonna, God talking to the Israelites? Because he was going to heal them, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not you. He's still going to heal. No, I'm going to give you a testimony. I'm going to give you a testimony. I'm not saying I can't remember. I can't remember um, a time. I can't remember exactly <laughs> the illness I was facing. Mm-hmm. But I remember I used to work at a naval hospital and I was going through the gate. And I don't even remember reading this scripture. And I just kept hearing the Lord say, for I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. For I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. And so I Googled and I found, and that's when I began to study that. And God did just that. It was Um, a miracle, right? Is it a miracle? Well, well, the Bible does say miracles, signs, and wonders follow them that believe. So healing can be that. So every time you get a pain, when you do that, do it work? No. It depends. Because it's a miracle, that means it's not going to happen every time. No, because sometimes I can have a pain. Now you blame yourself. No, no, no. (laughs) No, now I'm I'm saying sometimes I can have a pain Mm -hmm. and I can say the blood of Jesus. And it'll go, right? It'll go away. But not every time. That's me exercising, activating. Your faith, right? Yep. Don't be trying to... <laughs> I know what's coming next. But here's the thing. And I learned this when um Tony Evans' wife died and his son preached. And see what I what I call preaching, not what y'all call preaching. What Don't say I that. call preaching Don't say that. is when someone takes the word of God and makes it real or explains to me what God was trying to explain to the Israelites or to me. Like, things like that. So, listening to this man, I don't think he read a scripture. This is the crazy part. Like, God is just... He did. Like, I don't think so. Echoing in the earth. 
Like his answers are yes and amen all throughout the earth. Like either way is good. That's, that's what that means. Yes and amen mean either way I got you. And so this man talking about his mom and he was like um, telling God, like this is a big opportunity for you to heal, for people to see your power. Like, come on, man, what happened? He, he did. said, God responded and said, there were always only two answers to your prayer. Yes and amen. That's my insert. He didn't say that. But it's funny that the promises of God are always yes and amen. He said either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Right. Either she was going to be with family or she was going to be with family. Either she was going to be taken care of or she was going to be taken care of. And so, I agree with that. So, so what I'm trying to say is a lot of times when a family member gets sick or when something happens, we're praying for healing. But in our minds, we have a vision of what that healing looks like. And that's not always what's going to happen. And so then we get mad at God because he didn't heal according to our vision. And we're saying he's not a healer. Mm -mm. No, he is the ultimate healer. Mm -hmm. I never. First of all, we're not here to stay. Um, this home is not our home, whether you're saved or whether you're not. Um, and so. I don't believe because if you believe if you believe in God for healing, because I know that God is sovereign. It may not look like what you want it to look like, or it may not come at all. Oh, it's going to come because if Here you're in this life, that's what I mean. It may not come in this life. That's a part of you. Not that's not you didn't plan. You didn't want it to look like that. You yeah. wanted the person to be here and healthy oh, yeah, yeah. and but, you perform no, no. a miracle. So, so but what I'm, what I'm referencing to now is when you have an element on this earth that you, you're told you just got to live with, because a lot of people preach that the healing is going to happen instantaneously, or we have this expectation of God that everything that's wrong is he's going to take it away. But that's not true. That's not true because some people, um, remember Paul talked about this storm. Yeah. Um, some people, everybody's way of surrendering is different and God knows what will make you submit or surrender and what the next person will need to make them submit and surrender or keep them at a place of being humble. And let's just, let's just be clear. We're all going to suffer because that's the Bible, right? So while mine might be my marriage Someone else's might be sickness. Yeah. Someone else's might be addiction. Mm -hmm. um, but there's going to be something because we're steadily being perfected. Yeah. And what it takes for you is not going to take the same for me. So I believe it was, was it Job that said, um, even if he doesn't, he's, that doesn't mean he's not able. Oh, yeah. And so um, I don't get to choose. And this has been a hard pill for me to swallow. I don't get to choose my thorn. Even if it's my yeah. if it's my family, I don't get to choose that. The only thing I can do and you said it earlier is do is do the best I can to honor and do whatever I yeah. can to bring God glory in my walk with him. Um that was the three Hebrew boys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. It was. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If he doesn't pull me out of the fire, then that doesn't mean he can't. 
He just didn't. He just didn't. <clears throat> but God chose to, and and let's be clear. I think I had this discussion with somebody. I had a um a brother of mine who um he died of cancer, and um you know everybody was believing God. Even my my faith was on one hundred. I was like, oh, he gonna be back, and um. But on the flip side of that, he was saying things like he knew. That was it. And even if you looked at him, you would be like, oh, I don't think he's going to make it. But your faith is so strong. But God decided. And and a part of me felt like he knew that. And a part of me felt like he surrendered to that. And he was just like, I'm not going to fight anymore. This is what I know is about to happen. So do we stop believing in God because God decided that, um, no, this is not what I, this is not my will. Mm-hmm. Or do we just trust the God that we serve? And I, I know that can affect someone because you're like, why? Even some of the things that are going on in this world with people dying and you know, people being killed by their spouses and, you know, or boyfriends. And, you know, kid was showing me a post this morning. This woman, she had six kids. Were they yeah. married? No, it was just a boyfriend. Okay. Boyfriend, six six kids. Mm-hmm. And you kill her. Why? Like, God, why? What about those innocent children? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Like, what? what about they need their mom? But I'm not God. Yeah. That, yeah. I think. What my perspective of God now is, it helps me to understand those moments as that is what sin does to us. Like a lot of us look at sin like overeating or as simple as overeating, as simple as, oh, somebody, you know, and it's it's not to make light of, but somebody had premarital sex, somebody had an abortion. You know, all of this stuff that God calls a sin, there's a reason why. Because when you invite these things into the earth, oh, it gets ugly. But what, okay, so into the earth, because I was just going to say, what about that woman who was killed recently? Faithful at church, according to the news in not, her family. Not that person's sin. I'm talking about sin, sin, in, sin general. in general. Okay. Like, okay. Sin, and that's why, you know, we don't even take it seriously when we sin, but it's almost like, giving the enemy more power on the earth. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I make sense of it in my mind, because in the beginning, it's like, God, come on. Why would you ever do that to anyone? Even with me, you know, something as some people would say as simple as, but I was mad with God for a long time. Like, why did you have to pick me to be without a dad? Like all these people, I'm I'm watching these people and they got their daddy. Like, this is unfair. And then you're telling me you want to use me? Like, nah, I, I'm good. But then I started to realize it's sin. Like my dad is lost in sin. This is the the effects of sin is that all of his children, all of us, grew up without a dad. And so some of us are perpetuating bad things, doing the same thing he did. Some of us are doing things differently. Some of us are like on the opposite end of everything he did, just simply because he did it. And so you get to see how, yes, he does cause all things to work together for the good of them that are called according to his purpose, for, that love him. I mean, I'm, I'm not the way that I am because I'm so great. I'm the way that I am because of his love. 
mm-hmm. and how I embraced his love. Whereas others might have looked at his love like it's not good enough. No, it's got me to where I am. And so even with all my brothers and sisters, I think we all, well, most of us were brought up in church or got introduced to God some way, somehow. And it may have been through my father. Um, the The belief that I have, especially for the siblings that were raised with me, is that they always come back home. And so I used to worry a lot about my brothers for various reasons. Um, but I know because of our upbringing, I'm not going to be the only one that that takes a hold to this. Um, it might take some longer than others, but they have to come back home because it's in the word of God to train yeah. up a child the way that they should go and they won't depart. So this is not them departing. This yeah. is them on their journey yeah. to get to God. Just I like the, about that. the prodigal son had his journey to get back to his father. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be that son that's the, that state. Yeah. Like I'm I cool kind of, here. I believe that because even, um, <laughs> I was sharing with well in talking with um, my child and someone else. I know my responsibility is to pray, even though I may not um, always um, respond in the way that he thinks I should. And when I say respond, I mean entertain certain Mm -hmm. things. Um, I realized I can't, and that's a boundary for me because I can't fix it. I've tried for years and it caused me um, physical pain. Um, not, a, not to mention emotional pain, um, but physical pain where my body was responding to all of the stress. And even this week, the testimony that he had where one thing was supposed to be a certain way and it wasn't. And I was like, boy, you got the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Like, for real. But I knew going into that after receiving the phone call, I'm like, God, please cover him. And then I went back to sleep because I can't, you know, I used to worry and be up all night. Nope, I'm going to sleep. I got to go to sleep. And so I know that God um, has his hands on his life and that he has his own journey. He, he really does. He has his own journey. And my job is to um, to minister to him. Isn't that weird? <laughs> um, I do. I have been trying to be more encouraging to him um, so that he'll remember. And it's, it's seeds being planted. Yep. And so that's why I wanted to name this podcast Legacy because a lot of what my husband and I do uh, comes from our parents and so this is my side that I bring uh, to the table in our marriage so communication is heavy um, that's that's something that's always going to be big for me I'm, I'm big on truth um, even if it doesn't make me look good um, I am adamant about truth um, because the devil can't live comfortably in a place where there is truth that's true so um you know, a lot of people don't even like to speak that way. But if he is here, he's uncomfortable. And it ain't because of me that he is here comfortably. Uh, and so I can only take responsibility in part for my part. And this is my part that I bring to the table. Um, and so we, even with my daughter, 
getting her. I don't know. The church is tough. We gonna try. Um, I just want her to be safe. Mm-hmm. And I've seen stuff in church that makes me uncomfortable. So I might be that old school parent that's like, she with me the whole time. No children's church. She might just have to get used to it. Um, or that could change. We'll see. But but always remember that even in your decision to not go to the church right now, um, one thing I have learned through COVID, like the Bible says to train up a child oh, yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with the church. Um, one thing I will commend my mom with what she does with my little sister. She has Bible study with oh, her. Yeah. That she training. That yeah. Well, yeah. She did with grandchildren. Yeah, okay. I used to stay over there. She'd be like, man, yeah. nobody so open nothing to So I commend break. her for that because it does start at home. Yeah. Sure. You know, think about when we didn't go to church at all and COVID was here, you know. Yeah. And at that time, they were just figuring out how to do everything virtual. So it was nothing yeah. for a while. So I think Aubrey, I think, you know, she doesn't understand now. But me and my husband, I think our form of community right now, one of the biggest things that I think God did for us during the pandemic was give my husband a a desire to establish our theology. That's good. And so we have a lot of consistent conversations so that when we do have to process this stuff and hand it down to Aubrey, number one, we're on one accord. Mm -hmm. We speak on one accord about what we believe, why we believe and how we believe. And that we're honest and transparent about our journey. We got Mary young and a lot of stuff that is appealing to young people is <laughs> not necessarily healthy or even profitable mm-hmm. to where you would like to be, but that's just where we are right now. Um, but she's constantly surrounded by uh, just the word of God, even if it is, because sometimes, honestly, we will turn on sermons just to like pick it apart, um, even if it is just that. Mm-hmm. She she definitely will know who God is and how to hold her uh, own in a conversation about why He is what He is and what He does and all that <laughs> stuff. Like she she's gonna be good on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with music, I think that's one of the biggest things for Aubrey. I and and how I wanted to be like my mom, but I just had to like accept that we ain't the same <laughs> because. I was like, my mom always played gospel. I'm only going to play gospel. Nah. I mean, it's there when I need it. Um, but I'll be getting a dose of everything. Now, I am protective over her ears, so she ain't getting no whop or nothing like that. But uh, I that's, that's a place, too, though, where I want her to understand balance and to have her own boundaries because um, some people can listen to stuff. And, and that was me. I couldn't. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. That's why I listened to gospel. Yeah. Because. Some people can listen to stuff and go yeah. back and forth. Like, I did hear one lady, she was preaching. She was like, you mean to tell me you can listen to Beyonce, Drunken Love, and then being worshipped? Listen, my husband will tell you when we first started dating, you would go from a, a, a Usher concert to worship in my car. Like, my playlist was everywhere. But there was nothing that would ever stop me from acknowledging who God is and what he has done in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, There's never a mindset that I can get into that can not be altered back to who God is in my life because he is consistently that. 
mm-hmm. consistently my choice. But I also know that that's not everybody's testimony. Right. Um, and so I try to honor that as much as I possibly can through communication. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is good. Thank you for uh, agreeing to do this. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel honored to be a guest on the Atkins Family Podcast. All right. Thank you so much, folks. We'll catch you next time. All right.